So, Kid Phoenix, why would you bring me here to the middle of the woods at listen, night? I mean, listen, I, I just thought why, it's a nice, here? it's a nice way to get out in the open and some fresh well, I air. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I get that, but I think it's the nice, crisp I'm, night hey, air. Wait of this abandoned lake Wait. that no one has been to in 30 years. And I don't know if you knew oh, where this. All those, where all those kids were killed? Yeah, the same, yeah, that same summer camp, the same oh. one. You don't you don't like the ambiance here? You're not feeling I mean, this? It's got a little bit of hey, what was that? Did you hear? What something? was that? What what the shit was <laughs> Did that? Did you hear anything? What was what I don't was know? Oh, on? I'm dead. I've just, <laughs> um, um are you saying? Are you saying that you were so quick to get murdered because you're black and that's just kind of how these movies work? Well, I mean, you made it, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, I, I'm next. Are you kidding me? I'm I'm a blonde girl. I'm I'm definitely on that list too. So okay. there you go. We all go together. <laughs> black people, people that have sex, people that do drugs, people that drink. Oh, we're like 75% of the population is going down if there's like a worldwide Jason-like pandemic, you know? Slasher is just falling from the sky. Exactly. It is the Teeves and Kid Phoenix podcast. I am Kid Phoenix. That's Teeves. The third voice that you hear is our special guest for this podcast. We wanted to get her on a podcast. We just couldn't figure out which one it was going to be. And then we said, you know what? Aren't we doing a slasher podcast this series? Yes. I mean, well, right. first of all, you're burying the lead. Why? How am this I burying the lead? In two days, it's going to be. Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. That's right. Um, I are, thought, who better to get on than my partner in crime in all things horrorgasm, writer, curator, artist, the lovely and talented Jennifer Cooksey is here. How well, are you, Jen? I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to talk some slashers today. <laughs> Listen, I... This is one of those kind of podcasts where I'm a little bit rough around the edges because I got into horror films late and we'll get into that as far as when, you know, why we watch them. But we always like to ask guests what their uh, credentials are when it comes to a certain subject. So when it comes to slasher films, Jen, what, what do you feel are your credentials? Uh, well, I'm a lifelong horror fan, so I've been you know, exposed to horror at like a very inappropriate age, started watching horror at about five and then just never stopped. Nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I grew up loving, you know, my, the best of 80s and 90s slashers. And then as I got older, I found the 70s stuff and the stuff my parents didn't let me watch. So uh, lifelong love of that horror kind of made me perfect to discuss uh, uh, slashers in particular, because that's kind of that was like the biggest taboos like oh like there's naked girls running around and everyone's getting stabbed and it's very like there's I like how I like how naked girls was first on that list <laughs> naked right. girls should always be first on the list right so we're going to we're we're going to discuss the importance of the naked girls when we yeah. talk about why this genre has a particular <laughs> place in our hearts but i think but real quick teeves yeah. verified credentials verified oh verified very, very verified. All right, cool. We're all right. Moving on. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it all. Why, uh, why naked girls are so hated by serial uh, slashers? Uh, why they hate people of color? Like, no, we're not going to make this political in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. We're going to have fun with this podcast because we're talking ridiculous horror slasher films. And like I said, it's one of those genres that I got in late. 
I wasn't much of a horror fan until I was maybe in my mid-teens, 14, 15. Well past, like, the apex, I guess, of Jason and Freddy, right? Like, by the time, by the time I was a teenager, this was like 94, 95, like, they, like, that particular style of slasher film had kind of been forgotten about or just wasn't as cool anymore. No, you're just in time for Ghostface. But before we get into um, our individual horror journeys... Right. I think I'd like to ask the question, why do we watch these movies? I mean, it's not a genre that's particularly warm and cuddly. It's not about good feelings. So, so <laughs> I, quote unquote good feelings. So what is I, the point of... I have my thoughts, but I'll defer to the guest first. Um, I think... I think because a lot of with slashers, you can kind of um, there's always a final girl. So, you know, someone's going to make it and the you know, it's 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 believing in that like, oh, this character can do it and watching them struggle and making it through. I think that's really kind of cathartic and um, it makes you root for someone. And on the other hand, there are slasher movies where you, nobody is redeemable and you just enjoy watching everyone get killed, I think. <laughs> 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 I think you can uh, you can release a lot of pent up stuff watching those, and I think they say most like balanced people are people who like horror because we we can we get out all of our aggression and weirdness at the cinema. Uh, yeah, just to to piggyback off of that, I think there's an element to this movie, and I think that's why people who consider themselves outsiders enjoy this genre so much, is because. Um, the people who get it, who wind up getting killed or punished at the end, are usually people that go unpunished in everyday society, right? Right. So yeah. It's like the uh, the trust fund guy or like the cheerleader, like that everything goes right for. Um, in this movie, um, this genre, they get what's coming to them. This genre, sorry, they get what's coming to them, and I think there's a little bit of that as far I, as catharsis as well. I, I agree with all of that. And then I would like to throw on the fact that, yes, it's expected. And yes, it is ridiculously manufactured. And they just throw it at you, like, and they just wield it like a sledgehammer. But the idea of suspense, like, there's no subtlety to the suspense in a slasher film. This is none whatsoever. I, that's not true. That is totally true. That is not true at all. There's not, one, not. there's not one slasher film I can think of that has even the, the slightest bit of subtlety in context. Unless I'm... Alice, sweet Alice. All right, I not haven't even seen that. that. Original Friday. Friday 1 is pretty suspenseful. Um, I'll give you that. That's Nightmare true. 1 is pretty suspenseful. I'll give you that. Um, Maybe it's just because of the, the later film. I was more exposed to the later yeah, the later iteration. stuff, they have no subtlety and no chill. But the earlier yeah. stuff, like... All that stuff is kind of built on Hitchcock and like Carpenter. So yeah, it's full of suspense. By the time you get to Friday, like six and Nightmare Four, like no, there's no suspense left. But they're just trying to get to all the killing right away. Right. Yeah. It's a different formula at that point. It's the formula where they're trying to put asses in seats. Not really, but there's there's a certain structure to the movies at that point. And you know, they have to follow that. I mean, you couldn't, if people are at, by the time you get to Friday six, people are waiting for Jason to kill people. Like, yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't hold back on that. 
you can hold back on that on Friday one because nobody knows what the hell's happening. Even <laughs> Friday two to a certain extent. But by Friday six, no, people want to see Jason and you need to show him Jason as quickly as possible. So they, they're trying not to do the shark from Jaws. The shark from Jaws shows up in like the first scene in Jaws 2. Not the whole he's shark. The, he's in the pre-credits sequence. <laughs> I thought, I, wait, I thought that was just the music. I, you don't... You don't see the whole shark until like like almost at the end. Actually, I don't remember much about Jaws 2. It was on my list of sequels to watch last summer, but I couldn't watch it anywhere. Well, July 4th is coming up, so you know what? We'll we'll get Jaws out of the way. We'll do a podcast on Jaws. Um Shark comes back. He's pissed. <laughs> okay. Side note, I don't I don't accept the idea of a sequel to Jaws. I just don't. So let's just move on from there. Like let's not even expand on that. Son of Jaws. I'm not, no, we're not doing Son of Jaws. We're not doing that. The the appeal of slasher movies, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit. Touched but... on it a little bit. Um, and Jenny, I mean, the naked girls thing. Okay, so. <laughs> it's all, we, all, we immediately come back to the naked girls. What the hell, Teves? It's a big part of it. It really is. Okay. Because a lot of what these, a lot of the appeal of these movies are playing with taboos. Yeah. And like naked chicks are uh, were taboo or <laughs> were. I don't want to say were like I mean I was gonna say were wait a second have you nothing, have you been on the internet in the last well, ten years There's nothing taboo about a naked female body No no But in the eighties seeing it on a movie theater was a taboo <laughs> or yes. it was more taboo You couldn't see one at all before nineteen seventy before nineteen. 69 before they stopped making code movies uh-huh. um, so i mean in american films so uh, it was kind of a taboo and a lot of the 70s stuff and late 60s stuff is about exploitation and showing off the body and the form and you know even in animation with like fritz the cat and shit like that look if it's the 80s you know and we're in the era of videotapes uh-huh um, and you, they're definitely not going to let you in the part of the video store with the curtain. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah. But the part of the video store with all the, you know, disembodied hands and yeah. like all the blood, they'll let you rent from there. No problem. No problem. No problem at all. Because this is America and we're fine with entrails, guts. And all kinds of other viscera spread all over the movie screen, but a pair of boobs? No, forget it. That's too yeah. much. Gotta, missing gotta missing limbs. We need to draw the line at missing limbs. Okay, right there. That's where we're drawing the line. Naked boobs? No way. No, we can't allow that. No, can't happen. <laughs> forget it. The the other thing I I I like the appeal of slasher movies, especially like I said, the later ones. Uh, the the creativity in some of the kills. I swear to God, Nightmare 3 has some of the best, it has like the best collection of kill scenes ever in a horror movie that I've ever seen. The the TV, the marionette, like it's just all genius. I just loved all of it. And I feel like, hold on, I, I feel like horror films allow directors and screenwriters to kind of be more creative than in some genres, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that because they can really take the gloves off and, you know, it's... The gloves, the, the hands. Yeah, it literally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
it seems like there was, you know, in the eighties in particular, there were supernatural slashers. Yeah. So they could be in your dreams or they never die. Like that kind of ability gives you a lot to play with. So things can be sort of surreal and nightmarish and kills can be just as wild as they can make it. And, you know, it was like the eighties. So there was like cocaine. I'm sure that <laughs> a lot of writing rooms back then. So I, I will ask this because obviously streaming uh, platforms are really big now. Is there room for like a 10 or 12 episode like slasher, John? I don't think it works. I don't think you can extend the premise that far. Okay. Because you have to make some leaps. There's a show from Canada called Slasher and um, they do, they try to do exactly what you're talking about. And it, it the longer you string it out, the more logical leaps you have to make in your story. And then it's just like, this is now, this is just ridiculous. At this <laughs> point. So no, it needs to be, I mean, that's why horror is one of the two genres we still go to the movies for anymore. It's because it's a short burst and it works. Um, it's something that you can do at a movie theater and experience that you can get that's different from what you can do at home, right? I, I think there's another appeal to slasher movies, especially to uh, actors, because you don't really have to be this like Oscar winning or really popular person to be in a slasher. There are a lot of no name actors in slasher films that are really, really good performers in these slasher films. And I feel like slasher films are, a, a, it's a big way for a lot of people to get like that first break sometimes for a lot of them. Yeah, but it's also a, a way for a lot of people to like get typecast as just this is what you do. Um, but if you're making money, who cares? Um, you might care if you can't have a career because people only see you as the guy from the months from the slasher movies or whatever. That's fair. Um, again, we're talking about movies that don't have a lot of money. So, you know, of course, they're not going to be able to attract top flight talent. But the thing is, what it, what it does is it forces people to find out, well, you really find out who's a good filmmaker and who's not, right? Right. Sam Raimi's a great filmmaker. He makes Evil Dead with no money, like like none. <laughs> and he turns, um, he turns Bruce Campbell into a star. Bruce Campbell was just his most handsomest friend that would let him... Hit him in the face with a camera over and over. <laughs> um, I will piggyback off something that uh, Tees just said. And, and, and Jen, can I interest you in something? Can I interest you in a movie that only costs $1.1 million to make, but makes, makes you $57 million? That was Nightmare on Elm Street. Can I interest you in that? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it, I feel like that is kind of an appeal to movie producers and Jen you can agree or disagree with me but like it doesn't take a whole lot of money to do these kinds of movies and sometimes if it's good and the premise is good and something that people want to go out and check out like you can make a hell of a lot of money with like very little spent on it. Yeah I think there's um, quite a lot of upward mobility with, with horror basically you can have just a really solid idea and a shoestring budget and as long as you know you keep integrity with like the effects and the story you're telling, I think you can, you know, Paranormal Activity, those are other examples of movies made for nothing that were incredibly successful. Um, paranormal, so yeah, just, ability. <laughs> paranormal Activity was made for $15,000. Yeah. 
it it made a hundred and ninety three million dollars. That is insane. In case you're doing math at home, that is an ROI of one billion percent. <laughs> it's actually one billion. Can can I interest you in something else? Uh, Blair Witch Project, which uh, Teams and I actually worked at a movie theater when this was playing. I didn't work that, there when Blair Witch was there. Okay, so I worked there. Yeah. And the, the budget was like $250,000 and returned like $250 million. That's crazy. Teams, can we finance a horror, a slasher <laughs> film? Jen, you want to write it? There's, <laughs> a lot, there's a lot of people that make horror films, but another thing that I want to kind of talk about here is why certain things get popular when they get popular like okay so to talk about this i think we could talk about some of the notable slasher franchises all right things that we're talking about Um, before before we do that before we get into like the notable slashers and just like the things that are in they're, they're just ingrained in the horror culture let's take a quick break and get say what's up to our sponsors, Anchor FM, Teeves and Kid Phoenix versus Slasher Films. We got Jen Cooksey here. We're talking Slasher Films. I got I got my big old machete, Teeves. Are you rocking finger gloves? What are you doing? No, I would never rock finger gloves, but I got like a uh, I got like a hammer with an axe on the front. Nice. One of those guys. Who's got the chainsaw? Uh, Jen, do you have the chainsaw? I'll no, I'll take I, a machete. I don't know. Chainsaw? I'm like, no, yeah. I just have the giant Michael Myers knife. That's all I have. All right. So, the giant chef knife. All right. I'll give Jen, I'll give, I'll give Jen my machete and then I'll fire up the chainsaw. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break, say what's up to Anchor FM, our sponsor, and we'll be right back after these words. <laughs> Shit, sorry, I, I slipped here. There's, there's a lot of blood here, and I just slipped and fell and busted my ass. So uh, let me just get well, resituated you know, here. Are you being chased? No. Listen, there were scantily clad teenagers, and you know what? I had to get some revenge from uh, summer camp from, few, from you know, back when I was a kid. Because so, you, you, dr- you drowned and they forgot about you, so you yeah, get some revenge. Yeah, you know, that... Or, was... or wait, did their parents burn you to death in the furnace and you needed to get some revenge? No, I wasn't a child molester. Get the hell out of here. Or hell, are you just the hell is pure, the matter with you? Are you did just, you just pure... call me? Did you just call me a pedophile on the podcast? No, no. You're going to have catch a predator out here on my ass. I did not call you Jesus. a pedophile. I just asked if they threw you in a furnace. What's oh that got God. to do with pedophilia? Nothing. Not a thing. Freddy um, Krueger was a pedophile, you jerk. Yeah, but I didn't mention that. <laughs> I just said they threw you in a furnace. <laughs> but why? Okay, uh, just move, let's moving and on. By the way, by the way, if you watch that movie, he's not a pedophile. He's just a child murderer. Okay, he doesn't have sex with them. He just kills them. You're arguing semantics. <laughs> That's a big look. <laughs> I'm here to clear Freddy's good name. I will not have you besmirching <laughs> the good name of Freddy Krueger on this broadcast. Do you understand? I would like to get this on the record. I would like to get it on the record that Teeves is not okay with child pedophilia, but he is completely okay with child murder. He's 100% just, on board with that. I didn't say that child murder was okay. That sounds like you what you said. No. You called Freddy Krueger a pedophile, and I just want to set the record straight. He was not a pedophile. He was a child murderer. Okay. okay. 
So, get it right. So, so Teeves get it is, right. So let's just add this to the list. Uh, Teeves is okay with child murder. He hates Tina Turner. He does not. Not sick. No one's sick of this at all. <laughs> uh, the the notable slasher uh, franchises. Um. So do do we start with Nightmare? Or do we start with Friday the Thirteenth? We're starting no, we with start, one of them. No, we got to start with Psycho. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Straight. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm I'm sorry. My my bad to the late great Alfred Hitchcock. I'm sorry. There might even be one before that. Is there? Am I missing one before Psycho, Jan? I think there was. Um. But was I can't think of the name. I know, like, film kids talk about it all the time. It was... Um, it's not like one of those black and white Dracula movies, is it? I think so. All right. <laughs> Actually, real quick, that's an interesting question. Were um, any of those Herschel Gordon Lewis before... Herschel Gordon Lewis movies before 1960? Um, uh, I can I can check the tapes real quick. I, I feel like well, I mean, no, they're I, all they're all after Psycho, okay. Wizard of Gore, Blood Beast, Wizard of Gore, stuff. Wizard that's of a, Gore. That's you a movie title. The, you never watched the Wizard of Gore? What are you doing? I'm I, I'm gonna watch that shit this week. That's gonna happen. I'm watching it on Friday the Thirteenth. You fucking kidding me? Wizard of Gore, Blood Feast, uh, yeah, you know, all that good stuff. So real quick, after, yeah. real quick, what do you guys say to people that say, oh, vampire movies, zombie movies? Yeah, yeah they, they go in some brand of the horror genre, because uh, the slasher genre, because I'm like, no, no, that's not how it works. Slasher is horror movies are not slasher. Well, slasher movies are horror movies, but not all horror movies are slasher movies. Yes, that's true. Um, but there are some movies that are slasher movies that are not considered slasher movies, and we'll get to those in a minute. But all right. Uh, so, Psycho, Jen, do you th- do you have any thoughts for about why Psycho particularly gets popular in 1960? <laughs> um, <laughs> great reaction. Well, I, I would say it would it definitely has to do with the uh, you know Marion Crane. Her character was pretty subversive. She was kind of having this relationship and then she like got sexually harassed at work. <laughs> it's a really bad day. <laughs> so I think it's a minute. ladies. I'm, I'm, a- I'm, I'm stepping back from this one. No way. I'm not getting in this one. Wasn't she having an affair with, wait. With her boyfriend. Was- they were like meeting up in hotels. Like that happened at the beginning of the movie. Right. She's like, so this was so what Psycho did was amazing marketing wise. So it marketed having Janet Lee in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was on all the posters. It'd be like if you said um, Jennifer uh, Scarlett Johansson is in this movie in this great new movie coming up. You put Scarlett Johansson's face on all the pictures, and then Scarlett Johansson gets killed fifteen minutes into the movie. Yeah, incredible, <laughs> incredible work by Hitchcock. <laughs> um, well, they did that with Scream. We had that very, you know, Drew Barrymore. You Barrymore, think she's right. going to be our final girl. She's so, everybody loves her. And then they're like, no, eh, dead. No, no. I actually appreciated that from Scream. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um. So the next significant one after, I mean, there's a lot. I'm, I'm doing a lot. I'm just trying to hit the big guys. The next one is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Um, Leatherface. Um, do we have any idea as to why we think Texas Chainsaw Massacre hit when it did? I have a theory, but... Um, so, I, I feel like... So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was 74. Friday the 13th. The original Friday the 13th was... It was 1980. Could it be that there was, like, 
the little hint of Romero in there, like that little bit of like horror style, so to speak? I think they're hitting on different things, but I think Romero was the first one to overtly put social commentary in horror movies. Right. I mean, Maybe not the first one, but definitely the first one where everybody was sort of aware of what was happening. Romero um, was the one hitting people with a sledgehammer when it came to social commentary in a horror film. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Casting a black lead in 1969 is hitting people over the head with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, civil rights and a black lead. Let's go. Let's do this. All right. I think that's, Texas- that's what we all work for. That's what Lyndon Johnson signed into law. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre hits when it does because um america had been steadily going through this process of deruralization is that a word we're gonna make that a word call up webster's we have a good relationship with them see if we can get that in there um we have so- a ridiculously good relationship with mr webster and uh wait it, no it's it's miss miriam webster it's miss miriam and mr no, webster. miriam's a dude all right mr miriam and mr webster whatever has no. listen miriam webster is a dude all right. Okay. Hashtag inclusion. How Whatever. dare you? Whatever. Let's uh, go. <laughs> uh, but basically, the country, the rural spaces of the country have been emptying, emptying, emptying. And I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a response or basically asks a question, um, who are we leaving behind? Who's actually <laughs> left back there? Uh, what's happening? Uh, plus, you know, it's based on Ed Gein and um, Leatherface is actually a composite of a bunch of serial killers. But, yeah. Uh, but Ed Gein is like the, he gets the top billing as the main one. That's like. Number one uh, weirdo. Number number one weirdo. <laughs> I think we'd be remiss without talking about Black Christmas, which kind of sets the template for what a horror, what a slasher movie in particular looks like, what the beats are, uh-huh. how it works, like what the structure is. Um then Halloween comes along in 78 and solidifies everything and also gives you the like masked supernatural-ish protagonist. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of hit with like the the, the masked protagonist, but uh, the, the addition of the supernatural element, like did that add a little something to the well, suspense and the and the uh the mystique? The thing about Leatherface is he's weirdly a social being. Unlike Jason and um, Michael Myers, he has a robust social. I mean, yeah. <laughs> good word. Family, good word. Like he hangs. Like there's other people that are involved in Leatherface's life. Not so much Michael Myers and Jason, who just are like weird loners that just hang out and kill people. But um, it's always but, yeah. the quiet ones. Yeah, Leatherface has weird social and like. Uh, gender stuff i don't have time to get into it right now but like we'll do that in the sequel to this podcast i have a theory about michael myers how about this try this this theory is not baked at all this theory is like not even half baked this theory is like sugar eggs milk and flour sitting on the counter that's what this theory is um but you haven't even put the ingredients in the bowl they're just sitting there i haven't even mixed these ingredients all right okay all right so I'll, I'll keep that in mind when you, when you spout this nonsense. Halloween comes out in 1978. Uh-huh. This is the height of white flight, right? Every, all, yeah. Everybody's headed to the suburbs, right? So is, okay, so I think Michael Myers embodies the fear that the, the thing that we're leaving behind in the urban areas 
might come follow us and get us. So what do we know about Michael Myers? Number one, what is he wearing? It's a mask. And what's it? What is he? He's wearing a workman's jumpsuit, which yeah. is synonymous with the working class. Where do the working class live? They live I mean, in the city, I mean, in urban area. What am I? Let's bake this up. Uh, no, 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 no. no, no. Mixer, no we're we're going to pull out the no. KitchenAid. No, Jen, Teeves, I'm making an executive decision. We're putting that. We're putting that shit in the oven. We're putting it we're in putting right it now. In we are it. baking that shit Let's right now. Take. That is an amazing. That is an amazing commentary and one that I never like thought of. But it makes perfect, perfect sense to me. So yeah, Michael Myers is the, the spirit of urban America coming to take vengeance on all you sons of bitches that left <laughs> in the suburb. I mean, okay, and then Friday the 13th in 1980, and Friday the 13th is just more of an extension of the whole crisis of where the fuck are the parents in the 80s? <laughs> Who knows? Where are they? No idea. Again, I will I will state this again for the record. Fast times for Ridgemont High. Jennifer Jason Lee has an has a as an abortion, not a parent to be seen. None in <laughs> Nobody. There's none. Well, listen. And all the same th thing with Friday the 13th. There is no parental supervision of any kind. Just like some dipshit fucking counselors. <laughs> listen, there were, okay, so Friday the 13th, sure, no parents, but like, they, they were older teenagers. That the 17? <laughs> that counts for something. So some of us were mature at 17. Not those counselors. Though. Not those counselors. Not Kevin Bacon. No. No. Really not no. That guy. No. Tease was a very mature 17-year-old in what was that? 1965. All right. Oh yeah, no one's sick of that either. That's <laughs> Sorry. Right. It's just it's right there again. Just locked it up. But yes, Friday the 13th is uh is weird like I don't know if you ever noticed but Friday the 13th is weirdly like a mirror of psycho yeah yeah uh, i really think i really think sean cunningham and shit, i found out that like wes craven had something to do with writing the original friday i don't know um no sorry that's the other way around cunningham almost did nightmare that's what happened um i was just gonna say wes craven's all over getting the horror shit didn't he jesus um friday the 13th yeah i feel like cunningham thought he was making psycho for a new generation and you you did something my man but it wasn't that that was no. <laughs> now when it comes to slasher films i gotta say my preferred is definitely nightmare on elm street that's 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 my house that's where i live i don't know where the two of you reside but i am i reside firmly on elm street you like what i did there you like what, mm -hmm. you like that that was that's nice yeah. i do like i do like nightmare i just <laughs> So do you like Nightmare or do you like Freddy? That's the thing. I, I think I like the over... I like the Nightmare verse, okay? I like okay. the whole setup of the idea where this there's this supernatural being that attacks kids in their dreams. Not just kids, adults too. But it's all... So there's that angle. There's the revenge angle. There is some really good acting. There's really good acting in the movie. The the death scenes are fantastic. Was it John? It was Johnny Depp in Nightmare, wasn't it? Johnny yeah. Depp in Nightmare. Um, I love Nightmare Three. Nightmare Three might be my favorite slasher movie of all time. Full stop. Yeah. Full um, stop. But Nightmare Four has better kills, I think. 
Nightmare 4 has better kills and more just Freddy being Freddy. So Nightmare give, 3, I think, is a better movie. Give the people a taste of one of your favorite kills in Nightmare 4. Because Nightmare 3, uh, the the um the marionette one, like that gets me every goddamn time. I still can't watch that without looking away. I'm just like, no, no, that's just too much. Nightmare four, I'll just say want to suck face. That's all I'll say. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Was Nightmare 4 the one with the cockroach? Nightmare 4 was the roach motel also. Oh, that's right. Nightmare 4 also had the girl that he he keeps feeding her until she, like, explodes. Tease, you realize part of Spoilers for Nightmare 4, by the way. Tease, that's fine. Tease, you realize that, like, one or two of the YouTubes that goes up on our social media is just, it's just going to be YouTubes of all the kills in Nightmare 4. That's just what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure you can find a YouTube of every kill in every slash franchise, period. If that's just what you want to do. If that's what you want to do, all right, cool. If that's what you're into. Dan, do you have a favorite among the Friday 13th? Is... Is Friday the 13th a nightmare like where you kind of reside or is there like another big boy, big girl franchise that you kind of like, you're just like, okay, this is on cable. I don't care if it's edited, screw it. I'm watching it anyway. Oh yeah. Nightmare by far was probably my favorite until Scream King came along just cause like Ghostface. I was just, I was at that right perfect age for, for Scream. And so I, I would say that Ghostface kind of might edge out Freddy just a little bit but for different reasons. But I love the supernatural element. I love the nightmares. Um, but he gets you while you're sleeping because you're so vulnerable. Yeah. Everybody has to sleep. Like, <laughs> and watching these kids like try to stay awake. Oh, it's like you feel you, that's like so torturous. And then when they finally fall asleep, you're like, oh shit. It's gonna go. It's like son of a oh, bitch. <laughs> like every like every person in the theater is just like, no, don't go to bed. Take that fucking Red Bull. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or back then being at the 80s it'd be like all right just just do all of the lines of coke just do all of it just all of it now scream kind of killed the conventional slasher uh, and then so we move into a different kind of horror movie in yeah. the late 90s and the early 2000s but i have quick question about St- scream then yeah. um the scream kind of like draw away from the traditional because it's basically a parody of its of the genre well you're not going to be able to release a straight up nightmare or friday or anything of that ilk with scream out there that's why i say scream killed the cell okay because it made all the tropes and it made the structure super duper visible not hacky just like it made people super it made normies or people that don't obsessed about movies super aware of slasher structure yep. I, I, um, I, I blame jamie kennedy and his rules for that his rules def everyone knows the rules even if you're not like a horror fan if you've seen scream you know the rules what's do you mean, survive hey, hang on a, hang on a second i'll be right back whoa <laughs> 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 I will like there are certain movies that come along that that make it very hard that blow things up to such a degree not to saying that the movies that do the blowing up are bad they just blow up tired genre conventions you need that to happen yeah every once yeah. in a while scream did that uh we're still in a post cabin of in the woods world yeah we're, we're still trying to figure out what do horror movies even mean I do feel like the Expendables kind of did that for action films. 
the expendables i feel like is just an act i feel like fast and furious is in the neighborhood of self-parody yeah okay, <laughs> okay yeah so yeah that, that's to, a better example but um i have a theory about slashers as we enter the 90s oh more baking here we go this theory is a little bit uh, this theory is mixed at least um and it's basically the theory of why why did slashers in the 90s turn into thrillers serial killer movies mm. <laughs> and i think it has to do with gangster rap I think uh, all right okay <laughs> connective uh, tissue I, I, okay I, i'm in the kitchen with you and i'm seeing you mixing things so i'm just not sure if i'm gonna like the taste of what comes out of the oven here so basically in the early 80s uh, from the late 70s and the early 80s, the whole, oh my God, the urban environment and the cities are just self-destructing. That whole, I mean, the whole Warriors uh, Escape from New York era of filmmaking when right. people were super concerned. Like, we kept being told over and over, hey, these people that live in these urban environments, these are bad people. They're, mm -hmm. they're not good. Uh, they do bad things. Then Gangster Rat comes along and it's like, hey, this is from our perspective. We're just telling you what's going on. So it shifted the perspective from, you know, these are the bad guys. Let's root for people that take them down to, okay, well, maybe these aren't the bad guys. Maybe mm. let's listen to them and hear what they have to say. And then Silence of the Lambs. So, Let, <laughs> let's, let's at least listen to the guy brandishing weaponry. Santa, Silence of the Lambs, Copycat, um, Kiss the Girl, you know, you know, all the, yeah. all the hits, you know. All those big thrillers, yeah. There seven. was, there was, yes, Seven, there, there was that shift where um, Thriller became more of the standard in the 90s than the slasher Can I just film. tell you, can I just tell you how much I hate Thriller? As a yeah. genre. It makes no, no, it, it makes no it sense. Hurts. It's just it's like what people say with elevated horror today. Like, no, that shit's horror. Just like yeah. like a Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie. Like straight up horror, straight up like, horror, like, horror movie. Yeah. Just because the protagonist happens to be investigating the murders does not make it any less of a horror movie. Okay, so I, I will. So we'll end. We'll end this debate with one simple question. Okay, you're at a video store or you're on streaming. I'm sorry, there's mm -hmm. no video stores anymore. Um, if you're looking for Seven or Silence of the Lambs, what section of the damn video store or what button are you clicking to find that movie? I would have Seven in horror. I would have yeah. Silence in horror. I would come have on. Thriller is a made-up genre. It's, thriller it's, is a made-up You know what's a thriller? Basic Instinct is a thriller. That's yes, a thriller. Yeah. that is a thriller. Um, no, she does kill people with an ice pick. That's pretty... Like she has a no, you know what? Basic, basic Instinct, slasher. Slasher, here we go. Fatal Attraction, <laughs> go. slasher. Horror movie. Slasher. Horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the, what? Pacific Heights, horror movie. Okay, now you're going too far. <laughs> Uh, one of some of the more notable ones of the last, I would say, like 15, 20 years, because a lot notable. of them are just a lot of them are just like remakes of stuff, like the Rob Zombie horror movies, or like the or like the Halloween remakes that have come out. I mean, I I, I saw them. I thought they were okay. Like the the last one that came out. I think it was, it's been it a lot all of right. remakes and reboots. Like they 
re be remade Friday the 13th. They remade Nightmare on Elm Street. Although both of those were, I mean, the the Friday the 13th wasn't so bad because it did kind of follow along like genre lines. Like, so I was fine with it. Um, but yeah, the the Nightmare on Elm Street, that was terrible. That remake was horrible. Awful. Robert England makes Freddy. Like the humor and the like how twisted he was. Yeah. Like you needed that. It made him even more sinister to have like this like joyless, deep talking Freddy. It was horrible, horrible, garbage. Oh, and they did make him a child molester in that one because See, thank you. Her, I knew I wasn't losing my mind. Not, he's like GoBots Freddy. He's not like <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> well, uh, I, I will say I stand kind of hard for the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. I don't know why. I I thought it was. I Wait, thought the it was new good. one that just came on Netflix. Uh, oh, that yeah. Was so upsetting. I'm gonna get into that one. Um, but so where where does Hollywood go from here when they're not doing like Marvel movies or like superhero movies or you know uh, Fast and Furious? What are we up to now? Twelve? I can't remember. It looks like they're headed in the direction of doing more socially conscious horror, yeah. more like quote unquote elevated horror, which is just like, I don't know, horror movies where they don't fucking explain anything and just uh. wild shit happens. And, and then it's just credits and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> which is fine. I'm fine with some of that. But like, don't tell, like, you don't get to piss on my head and tell me it's raining. Okay. Like. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like, we used to be able to make movies that were scary, and they tell you what was happening, and it was good. Now, you can only have one of those things. And then you have a bunch of non-sequitur images that are, like, flashing, right. disturbing imagery. I'm like, am I watching a student film? Or That's the I other thing. Hold on. There's movies today that make that tell horrifying stories about things that are already horrifying. Hereditary, yes. Living in an abusive household is already terrible and horrifying. Yeah. You don't need to. You don't need to enhance it. In hey, relic. I imagine having Alzheimer's already pretty terrifying. You don't need to make it. Just make a movie about having Alzheimer's. It will be fucking terrifying. Okay? I'm so sorry I made you see that movie. So no, it's fine. It's not <laughs> your fault. I was excited to see it. Everybody was like, "This is great. It's a fantastic horror movie. You should come check it out." I was like, "All right, I'll check it out." What happened? She was gone. <laughs> she came back. Now she's crawling around the vents. I don't know what's happening. Oh, it was so bad. Like we saw it at the drive-in. I had like all. all see, I'm immediately that. jealous because you're seeing horror movies at a drive-in. I hate you both. Oh, it's so good. It's so great. Lo locally, we're really lucky. We have two drive-ins and, you know. All right, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm walking out of here. I'm come, gone. No. Come to, and come to our drive-in. But every, we were like, oh, let's see Relic. It's a great horror movie. Everyone was like, what the f hell was that? No, you, no, no. <laughs> Drop that F-bomb. Go ahead. It's fine. What the fuck was that? Why did you do that to us, Jennifer? You're never allowed to pick the movie again. <laughs> was that verbatim, the conversation after? No, oh, I was I, like, I don't even know. I didn't blame Jennifer. I was like, Australia, what are you doing? <laughs> wow. You be able to make good movies. I mean, Mad Croc Max. Mad Max. Road is, Crocodile Dundee. Jesus, what are, you, what are you doing, Australia? Fury Road is probably my most favorite movie of the last 20 years. Like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I, I do have a question I'd like to pose to the two of you. When it comes to horror movies and slasher movies, uh, especially recently, 
are they focusing more on the visual than they are the storytelling? Or is that just something that I'm picking up and not really thinking about? Um, I think, <laughs> I think it's, I think definitely visuals, like some, especially like recent, recent horror movies, the elevated horror, they're all about their artistic visuals. When really visuals haven't been important to horror filmmakers since the beginning, like ever look at, yeah, look at Suspiria and all those movies. They're gorgeous. I mean, it's hard to tell what the hell's going on, but like, it looks great. It's kind of what folk horror is right now where you're like, what did, I have no idea the story that's being told, but it looks really pretty and scary. I'm, I'm here for it. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> look, can I just say straight up on this podcast, Argento? Nah. Okay. Nah, not, not Jesus. Life. Just, nah. <laughs> All right. You can make, you can make stuff really scary and really pretty. Like, David Lynch does it all the time. He's not even trying. Like, that's not even what he's about. <laughs> not... All right. We, we've come to the part of the podcast that always gets people in trouble, uh, namely me and Teebs. Um, we, we'd like to say what some of our more underrated choices are. Underrated uh, slasher movies. Let's go. Now, when it, comes to, when it comes to this, are you talking about movies specifically or are you talking about like whole franchises? Uh, either way, if you have a franchise you love, that's a slasher franchise, go for it. Okay. Um, I have how, one that I love. How many do we get? Um, I don't know. However many you need. All right. I, I don't think I need that many because I feel like Teeves knows one of them already. Um, and I'll just get the ball rolling and I'll just, speaking of rolling, that's what Teeves' eyes are going to do when I say this. <laughs> I have a soft spot to the point of absolute hilarity and nonsensical wisdom. No. I love Jason Taste Manhattan for no real reason other than the fact that it's Jason, it's New York, and let's go. It's like it's like Predator in Los Angeles. It's just it's perfect. He's in New York for four seconds. It should be called Jason Takes a Boat. That's what that movie should be called. Hold, hold on a second. Teeth. So he's he's in Manhattan, although for four seconds? He kicks a boombox and knocks a boombox. That's, it. Off, it's, That's yeah. it. Is he yeah. in Manhattan when he does this? I don't know if he's... I mean, I guess that was shot in Manhattan. Okay, then I, re- then I, I stand with my point. Jason Takes Manhattan. I feel... I. It, it's underrated to like it's it's so goofy and so silly that like I just love it so much. The 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 scene where the boxer is just taking on Jason like on the rooftop. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so hilarious that a dude is just not. It's so hilarious that a dude is just like, all right, I'm gonna battle Jason right now. I got no weaponry. Screw it. Put up your dukes. Like that's great. That's fantastic. Sure, he gets uppercut and, and like his head falls flies off, but that just adds the building. That just adds to the hilarity of that movie. I love it so much. That's terrible. That's like, hey Jason, why don't you play me one on one to see who lives, and we'll play basketball. Like, okay, fine. I kind of want to see that. <laughs> Listen, I I bet money that Jason is a menace under the block. I'll just put that out there. Big dude, got a big reach. I can see that. Long wingspan. He's got the power. Jenny, 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 (laughs) do you have an underrated 
slasher movie that you would like to talk about? He's yeah. got he's got leg strength. He can power you down in the post. He can bang Jenny, down there. Please tell me. <laughs> have... I'm sure you can expand more. I, I I'm fine with the rest of that. No, but um, I have a couple. Um, I would say sleepaway camp because man, that twist ending. Uh, you only ever get that surprise shot once, and uh, I love showing it to people who've never seen it before. Oh, it's just oh, Felicia Rose was fantastic. She's <laughs> adorable. You just care about her the whole time, and you're like, well, I mean, she's killing these kids, but they're kind of jerks, so that's fine. She's she's sweet. Oh my and god! Then, <laughs> jerk, listen, jerk, jerk's gotta go. Sometimes just jerk's gotta go. Sorry. The girl right? with the side ponytail, like nah. bitch for no reason, <laughs> no reason. That she died via curler, which was yeah. You'll never look at a curling iron the same. Seriously, fucking movie. Good lord, that was a good one. I love my bloody Valentine. I watch it the original. I watch it every Valentine's Day. Nice. (laughs) So it's it's a fun one. I like it's holiday themed, and just the minor suit was really like. You know, oh, the minus you, just like the mask and the the respirator that's in there. It's all really creepy looking. So I thought it was a very well done, like horror, like aesthetic that the miner had. So I I was I was into that that one. I I don't hear enough people talk about my bloody Valentine as like a pretty gruesome because the kills were clever in that one too. Um, and yeah, I I just wish it got a little more love. So so tease is this where you talk about Jason X for ten minutes? (laughs) <laughs> no, I have a couple of slasher movies. My first slasher movie is a little is a little known. Um, All right, Art House, a, calm down. It's kind of a it's kind of a uh, sci-fi slasher movie from the eighties. It's called Determinator. It's great. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on a second. Wait a minute. God damn it! It is great. The it is the best slasher movie. The of Terminator me. is not a slasher. It's totally movie. a slasher movie. How is it not? Explain Thieves. to me why it's not. Thieves. Explain it to me. Thieves. Do you Can know a robot be a slasher? I mean, chopping yes. ball. Those. Those. That was chopping like, ball. That's a, that's a slasher. Absolutely. So I guess you could see the the team Terminator a slasher movie. Thieves, are you really trying to get your ass cooked by your by our little sister again? Are you really trying to do that? Because no. that's what's gonna happen no. when you say Her, when he no. when he when she hears that shit, she's coming <laughs> no, for your ass. She's gonna she's gonna be like, accept it. Make your point. <laughs> Make the case for the Terminator as a slasher film. It ha- it follows the slasher formula to the T, and it's the only slasher movie where the characters in it do exactly what you would do in that situation and it doesn't fucking matter. I love it. I love the Terminator so much. <laughs> Not a slasher film, it's though. Totally a slasher movie. Just because you, it's a slasher movie where the killer uses guns, it's a slasher Okay. Well, then, right. okay, is Alien a slasher? Because no, that's, that's structured. A monster is it? That's okay. a monster movie. Um, yeah, Alien is Alien is in that same category as Jaws, where they're monster movies. Um, I, I will say I, I, I'm starting to what, see the where Terminator th- has a has the Terminator has a killer. <laughs> Hold that on, can't be stopped. Hold on a second, blowing people down. I'm getting ready to agree with you, you All asshole. Right, Would you just fucking let me talk? I, I I'm do just ag- not used to this situation. I do agree. <laughs> yeah, right. I do agree that Terminator beat for beat, step for step reminds me of so many slasher films yeah, from that, too. from the 1980s. 
So that pacing is definitely there. I don't know whose bright idea was that, was that, but I, I see it now that I'm thinking about it. So, all right, I'll, I'll join you on this island. If, yeah. if, our, if our sister wants to come at us, fine, whatever. If other people in the comments want to do it, that's fine too, I guess. Uh, another one, Maniac Cop. Oh, oh my yeah. God, Maniac Cop. Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, a tough watch in 2020. Very tough watch. <laughs> yeah. And April Fool's Day uh, featuring a young Thomas F. Wilson Biff I was, I was hoping somebody was going to bring that up. So now um, I don't have to. Great. Yeah. Probably the best movie you'll ever watch with a protagonist named Muffy St. Clair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are... I just all my underrated is just going to be purely ridiculous and silly because I think this is what's going to happen because I mean uh, they are yours not true uh asshole um because I again silly stupid ridiculous whatever but when Freddy versus Jason came out I was in line at theater uh tease may not want to admit it but we went opening weekend I know. I went opening night. I don't remember you being there. Yeah, we were t- we were both there, man. Like we got yeah. off of the video library. And we went to see Freddy vs. Jason. It was fucking fantastic. It it was the first modern crossover. Like I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. The Avengers movies. I don't care. Freddy vs. Jason was the first modern crossover, and you people will respect it. Okay, that movie was the first that blended two totally different universes, and it led to the greatness. That was the Avengers movies or another monster horror movie that Teams also hates, Alien versus Predator. Yes, including Alien versus Predator Requiem, which I love and no one else does. Requiem. Alien versus Predator Requiem. <laughs> yeah, give it the full title, okay? Fucking Requiem. Are the you producer, kidding me? The producers gave it that name, so I will respect the producers' wishes, okay? But Freddy versus Jason, it's Let's something... Take- Let's take the stupidest thing we can think of and then put the most pretentious word after it that we can come up with. Requiem. All right. Okay. But Freddy versus... Alien versus Predator Sonata. Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Alien versus Predator Overture. (laughs) I hate you. I hate you right now. Um, But Freddy versus Jason, just the fact that they were able to they were able to do it right because yeah. i people wanted to see that people wanted to see freddy versus jason people wanted to see these avenger movies people wanted to see alien versus predator people still want to see robocop versus terminator i want to see that yeah. in 2022 why? i want to see that shit why do you want to see never mind I, we'll get into that later that's for another time that's for another time <laughs> jen do you have any crossover pod do you have any other uh, underrated that people really need to get out and see? Um, I was gonna say, uh, I feel like it's 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 a sla- it doesn't get it's it's a supernatural slasher, but sometimes it gets overlooked in lists as Candyman. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's more supernatural, but he's a slasher. There's he has three movies and he's slashing with his little hook hand in all of them. See, okay, Candyman is fine. I feel like. You don't have to cut the guy's hands off and then cover him in honey and sick the bees on him. Like one of those things is fine. Yeah, you know, they would all both have... of those things. Like really, like how bored are you guys? 
Well, it's like the worst thing you can do to an artist is cut off his hands. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's heartbreaking. He's, he's, he's probably the most sympathetic of all those right. slashers. I mean, besides Angela, because like, you know, she's a kid. But then he's sitting there with no hand. He's like, my life is ruined. I'll never be able to do art again. Oh, by the way, we're not done here. We're going to cover you in honey and yeah. unleash the bees. Like, it's enough for it. We get it. We get it. Racist people are terrible pieces. Uh, real, real quick, last thing. Uh, any love for? Uh, I know what you did last summer. Yes. Okay, I do. It's a. It's one of those. Like, I know it's ridiculous, and they're like, you know, but but the fisherman's pretty creepy looking. His suit looks cool. Um, and oh, it's got Sarah Michelle Geller. Like, she gets a pass on everything because she's Buffy. So anything she was in during that period of time, I was gonna watch. So <laughs> I, I saw it in theaters. I loved it. It was cute. Wrong turns a little underrated for me. Wrong turns underrated. I like wrong turn. Um, all right. So so things that we learned on this podcast. Uh, slasher films are awesome. People need to just watch them all. Uh, Tease believes that the Terminator is a slasher film, and surprisingly, I kind of agree with him. And uh, right. yeah, lots of lots of social commentary in slasher films that I was not privy to up until today. So I I appreciate this conversation. Um, you can look forward to the little to our little sister's rebuttal of everything that just happened. Oh my god! It's gonna oh be my incredible, god! But, uh, oh my god! I'm already thinking about it now. <laughs> she, she's just gonna be like, "Terminator is a slasher film. What the fuck is wrong with you two? Okay, we'll uh, have to get her on for the um, the rebuttal and torture porn stuff because that's her whole area. Oh yeah, because that's a, the other question, like. Did slashers really kind of all of that sort of same kind of violence and exploitation just go into being, you know, the the torture porn movies? See, that's um, the thing. That's what happened in the late '90s and the early 2000s. 2000s, like they kept they kept all the murder, but they lost the heart. The heart. <laughs> yeah. The heart is on the ground after yeah. you know somebody slashed I, open. I knew somebody was going to get there as soon as I said it. It's <laughs> This was a fantastic conversation. Uh, I, I love talking about, you know, different genres that I'm not the best at. So I appreciate it when I have Teeves fill me in and fill some of these holes. And then Jen also coming in with her takes and her knowledge. So I, I appreciate you both people that are not, uh, they're not down with the slasher genre. Like I'm sure they'll appreciate it. And yeah, this this has just been fantastic. So uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, Jan. Well, thank you for having me. It's been so fun. I love this. I could talk horror any day, every day. I'm I'm here for it. I'm sure this won't be the last time this, we we talk about it. Oh. No, not at all. Uh, um, we we're gonna have to do monster movies now, I guess. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, Jenny is a way better source of monster movie knowledge than I am. Great. Yeah, that's we can, kind of my area. <laughs> we can we can talk about the Godzilla verse, no problem. Mm. Uh, Kaiju, let's do it. <laughs> this has been the Teeves and Kid Phoenix versus Slasher podcast. Uh, happy Friday the thirteenth. It is this coming Friday, and uh, yeah, you can follow. Oh, real the- quick, Jen, Jen, which Friday the thirteenth movie should they watch? Three, three. Keep I agree, mask. three. But if you don't want to do three, three absolutely. If you don't want to do three, four is fun. Or two is fun. You want if to you want to see song. Crispin Glover dancing like a maniac, watch four. It's worth it for the dancing alone. <laughs>
I mean, I'm listen. I'm gonna go through three, four, and Manhattan. So I don't know what you guys are doing. Like, I'm. It's got John Cryer. I I like to think of of Friday Four as a spiritual sequel to uh, Sixteen Candles. I can I can follow that. <laughs> just no one. Just just no one. No one for the love of God. No one watch Halloween Two. Okay. The, the Halloween thing, Two is great. How the, dare you? Yeah, that's wait, how dare I, you, sir? Is it is it two or three with the witches? Three oh, I love also great. Yeah, I like. Season. I like. No, I like. No, 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 no. How, Halloween three, get the fuck out of here. No. Listen, we already discussed how Halloween three is a sequel, is a prequel to RoboCop. I mean, yes, yeah. If you just want to see where this gets started, then you can follow the show on Twitter. We are at Teeves and Kid Versus. You can follow me. I am at B Royce. You can follow Teeves. At TVK, like, subscribe, follow the podcast on Spotify, Facebook Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music. Yes, we're on Amazon now. Uh, Stitcher, like Teeves and I always say, we're on the internet. You can find us in a simple Google search. Look, we for do, God's sakes, we did all the work. Just podcast just search for a, us. Podcasts have been a thing for ten years. You know where they are. Just go there and look for us. Exactly. Jesus. Uh, you can also, also more cheap plugs for Teebs. If you are looking for great, great fucking horror prints, Teebs has a horror, a carry print. He has an alien print. I got uh, everything. He's got, he's got I've everything. Got at least most of the people that we've discussed here, except for maybe. I don't think you have a Freddy Krueger one. I got Freddy Krueger. Oh, you do. Oh, All right. Miss Miss Jen Cooksey, uh, anything that you would like to plug? Social media, website, uh, prints that you're wares that you are selling. Oh yes, you can uh, you can see uh, what we're up to for Horrorgasm SD.com. and you can check us out at Horrorgasm SD on Instagram. So see me on there. I post horror memes, our artwork. If we're doing horror art shows, you can see what Atiba and I are up to. So it's a lot of fun, and yeah, follow us on our socials. We'll link everything in the description to this podcast. And yeah, we'll talk to everybody soon. Jen, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Looking forward to the next uh, horror topic, whatever that might be. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's the podcast. Uh, Just do do what you got to do to stay safe out there on Friday the 13th. Heads on swivels, kids. Mm